This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our sixth season, each week we look into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club, available to you on video and audio. So for an irreverent but always informative hour of football conversation, make your Monday a Blue Monday. And on this week's show, well how can I describe them? Uninspiring, lacklustre, tame, monotonous, insipid, disorganised, incompetent, but that's enough about Ipswich Town for the first 75 minutes against Shrewsbury. I'm joined by two fine gentlemen who certainly aren't those things. Craig Fimbo and welcome back Joe Fairs after a bit of a John Nolan-esque break. I'll start with you, Joe. How are you doing? And did you like the introduction? That yeah, was it was great. My afternoon. I'd have, I'd have um, gone harsher. <laughs> More swear words, eh? But you're doing all right, Joe. Yeah, no, I'm good. Had an enjoyable bike ride at Rendlesham Forest today. Sort of a, like a stage of the Tour de France trying to get around that with two toddlers <laughs> lovely stuff yeah that's a competition in its own right getting them to uh, fall in line well, that's good though bit of healthy exercise you know it's all good for lockdown and craig any um any exercise for you today or was it super sunday on the sofa uh i haven't left the house today no um i'm in i'm in the midst of clearing out the kids playroom downstairs and turning it into a, a cinema room so nice. i'm Uncl- yeah, uncluttering all their crap they've managed to put together over the last 10 years and persuading my little girl that she probably doesn't need that anymore. It's been sitting in the cupboard not doing anything for eight years. So you, you know, let's get rid of it so Daddy can have a 110-inch screen on the, tele- on the on the wall and a projector to watch Ipswich in all their... I was going to say, the 91-92 season <laughs> review on constant rotation, yeah. Yeah, exactly that. So, yeah. well, you got the, the, the thing that parents... The, the right that you have is just for one day when they go out to school or something, you can just bin it all and just say, sorry, it's too late. That's what happened Spoke, to me. Spoken like a man without children. Absolutely. Spoken like a man without children. But speaking from experience of losing um, the Ghostbusters car, you know, from the 80s film, and my first Ipswich Town shirt that was gifted to someone as well. So I'm speaking from... So I know that 
I, I know you can get away with it at the time, but I'm here to tell you that the scars last a lifetime, Craig. Yeah. I don't think any of it was worth would have been worth anything unless people are collecting you know, Happy Meal toys from the last uh, six years or the stuff you find in Christmas crackers that needs to be hoarded and not thrown away. I think we're in on safe ground. You never know. Well, <laughs> the main business is obviously Shrewsbury. Um, so I've got plenty on that. Let's just whistle through the news because there was there wasn't much this week and we de- dealt with a lot of it on the the live show um quickly guys i just wanted to get your thoughts on five subs um and, and i'm guessing it's a positive from your perspective but also the fact that the league one and league two didn't um, opt to go with the championship and extend the number of players that are able to be selected for the bench to be increased by two um joe do you want to give me your thoughts on five subs i mean for a team like ipswich in league one it's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it should be a good thing for us because we do have a bigger squad than the most at this level. I think that the bench should have gone to nine because seven, when you can use five of seven, seems a sort of a little bit silly to limit yourself that much. And anything that the leagues one and two do, which is different to the championship, does concern me because it does seem like the championship, every, every sort of point of differentiation it can have at the moment, it seems to be taking, which isn't a good thing for the long term of the EFL. Yeah. Craig, agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, say, I think it was Joe's mentioned during the week. We Obviously, we can bring on, in theory, better quality from the bench you know, to help us, whereas opposition can bring on fresher players, can't they? You know, we, we've won games earlier in the season by virtue of just plugging away and, and keeping at it you know, and grinding teams down. Um, and you know, whether that's going to be negated somewhat by teams being able to freshen up you know, yeah. remains to be seen. Yeah, and and the, and continuing the thought on how you feel the subs bench, Craig. I mean, this injury list that we have, um, Lambert's presser on Friday, there was whisper of two injuries. I think, in fact, it's three additional injuries before we even get to Shrewsbury. Um, Wilson and Edwards, it turned out um, on Saturday, um, but also Hawkins misses out as well. Um, these just continue, don't they? Yeah, and it's, it's it's also a bit concerning. These guys are getting injured in training as well, aren't they? It's mm. not as if they're getting kicked like Bishop was at the weekend. You know, these guys are getting injured when we're look when we're supposedly looking after them for for two weeks while they're off. It's you know, the, Lambert was saying excuses about playing all these matches. Well, the people that are getting injured aren't really playing or haven't played many matches in the last two or three weeks. Nolan hasn't played for two matches in a month. I think he'd played before he went off hobbled on the. On Saturday, so yeah, I'd say I'm I'm more concerned about the fact that they're getting injured. I say when when we when they're under our care rather than in the midst of a early birdie match. Yeah. It's the same sort of injuries, isn't it? Too muscle injuries as opposed to impact injuries. Like you say, Teddy Bishop got injured yesterday because someone went down the back of his Achilles and his ankle. So that's that those things happen in football. But when Edwards is doing his hamstring in training, Norwood did his hamstring in training, and things like that, it does it does worry you. And these are the injuries that we've had for the last five, six years on a routine basis, isn't it? You know, um, I was, We can talk about it now, so it's no spoiler alert. Um, Nolan's injury, I mean, the chat full-time yesterday about Nolan's injury confused me somewhat, Craig, because, as you mentioned, we've had nothing to do for 10 days. Um, and, and Lambert has suggested that it's the, you know, the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, yeah. Tuesday syndrome. Well, we've had nothing to do for 10 days, have we? So, yeah. Oh, and Nolan had, didn't have anything to do for three matches before the <laughs> exactly one before right. this one, did he? Well, he played Either. the Portsmouth game, didn't he? So, but that's one out of the last five games, and then yeah. I think and then still, 
ten day break. Said, yeah, Stuart Wilson said it was two in twenty eight days he'd played. But no reason to question it. The thing is as well, NCR, I'm talking about pools and bits and pieces like that, and it's a groin strain, and it was early on in the match, so you know, do you question his warming up? I don't know. NCR wasn't seen for a year after he pulled a hamstring in pre-season, did he? Mm. Similar situation, I appreciate. I, mean, I, I, I just have to call attention to, for those of you who are listening to this, Joe has got, I mean, Joe's got a tankard that is as big as his head. Is that is that alcoholic beverage, Joe? Is that no? It's something to like. It's, it's an orange and pineapple, which I don't like, which oh. my wife mistakenly bought yesterday. Oh. From but the glass is a Hofbrau house. Massive that is for my stag do. Oh, lovely stuff. Um, and Craig, we'll just finish on this, and I'll get <laughs> Joe. I'll get your score. I think we agree with this. Um, Paul Lambert scored. We we kind of did our um, mailbag Q and A ratings for the squad last week on the show and. And missed out Lambert, and then I think we've got questions about it. And I think you guys maybe scored the season out of 10. Lambert kind of scored the season, and I guess himself, 7 out of 10. Up to yesterday, is that the score that you would have given him? Yeah, I think, well, I think when, when me and Dave were on last week with Mikey, we were talking about, because of the golf was on, we were talking about golf scores, weren't we? And we said we were around about par, so... Before last, before the weekend, I'd say we were probably about six, six and a half. I'd say it was about par, wasn't it? We weren't putting up any trees, but yeah, I'm not sure we were quite a seven. I suppose if we league position, we probably were. Performances just under, maybe. Joe, would you have scored seven out of ten for Lambert? Yeah, like, specifically? like Craig, I think it's. I think that was about right when you look at the fact we were what second or third in the league, two points per game. We'd, we'd, whilst the last few games we hadn't played, we hadn't really played particularly badly. We just. The, the start had started to slide away a bit, so it was just a case of how we're going to react to it. But yeah, I'd, I'd have said it was sort of fine, but obviously I know we won yesterday, but a hell of a lot changed yesterday for me. Well, let's let's get into it, guys, and um, plenty to talk about um, against Shrewsbury yesterday. Let me um, bring you up to speed with the situation going into the game. It's which third, um, despite having um, not played for 10 days in the league, um, results largely went for us, um, remaining third. Um, last time out, defeat to Sunderland in the, in the league, albeit with mitigating circumstances. Shrewsbury, though, lied, um, were lying 22nd. Only one win um, um, in the league so far. Um, five draws, five defeats. And last time out, they drew with Swindon. Um, let me take you through the Ipswich team. Three changes, um, holy and goal. Um, a back four of Ward, McGuinness, Enciala and Chambers. Just pause here on Enciala um, and McGuinness, guys. Um, what's Wolfenden done? Um, to not get in this team um, quarantined I don't know he came in he played two games we won both of them 1-0 two clean sheets of the defence he goes out of the team we lose to Lincoln we lose to or, or no we lose to Sunderland we lose to Portsmouth and yet he doesn't come back in the team when he's back available it, like I say it, it, it doesn't make sense does it when he's he's effectively come, come into the team because Toto was struggling and he comes in, helps be part of two clean sheets. It's not like Toto pulled up any trees against Sunderland or Portsmouth, was it? No. And and the other thing, I guess, Craig, is you've got McGuinness, who isn't our player, versus Wolfman, who's got a four-year contract and is sat on the bench. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but as Joe says, you know, we were, t- we were talking earlier about, earlier in the season, this is about when, when um, Enciala and Wilson were replaced by the two youngsters and saying, well, you know, they had to bide their time and and wait for the time to get in. Well, Wolfenden had done that and bided his time and played well when he came in, or been part of a defence which had played well when he came in. 
And you know, actually, as Joe says, Insiala wasn't pulling up any trees in, in the small time he was you know, his replacement. So I don't know. I don't know. It's not the first time that Wolverton's seemingly been treated a little bit harshly, is it, by, by the manager? I think that's Paul, the Lam- only... Paul Lambert doesn't like players who are laid back. <laughs> More of Charles that. Madison. Hold that thought, hold that thought, Joe. Um, speaking of, um, midfield three of Nolan, McGavin and Bishop. Good news, um, Brett McGavin, I think. Um, I mean, the options um, are a few there, but um, Brett McGavin impressed against Portsmouth. Um, and I think that was a deserved um, selection. Um, and then... Yeah, this front three, three guys, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff here that perhaps you could have foreseen, foresaw before kickoff. Um, Sears, Jackson and Judge. Sears on the left, Judge on the right. Um, <laughs> Craig, um, I, I hate to pick on you because it seems to be every time we talk about Judge, someone asks you about this. But what was your thinking <laughs> of seeing that um, front three? Was it dynamism and attacking threat or was it something um... else? It wasn't. It wasn't uh, a complete shock that um, Sears and Judge were spotted either side of the, the centre forward. Um, they, haven't, they haven't done anything to particularly warrant their place. I don't think. I think we'd, as a group, I think we would have preferred to have seen someone else wide with instead of Judge potentially, or maybe both. Um, I think Lancaster deserved a start in a in a wider position. I'd have I'd have had Lancaster in. Instead of judge, I think, and you know, what Sears does, he doesn't go do going forward, but he does, I suppose, protect his fullback. And if you haven't got Edwards on the other side doing the same, you know, I'm sure we could have got something out of Lancaster and, and Sears on either side. But I think we're surely getting to the point now whereby those two guys aren't producing or you know performing and warranting their place in the team. But you know they seemingly played every time they're fit. Joe, the, I guess the the, the counter argument, and, and it's something that I made, I think, on the Blue Monday chat, is arguably that's the most experienced lineup, probably apart from McGavin, that you could maybe pick McGuinness and Wolfen. I think maybe there, but that's an experienced team. Is there any benefit in having that? I don't. I don't think so personally. I don't. That, that I don't see why you need that many experienced players in. I, I, I do think you need to have a couple, couple of free players with a bit of experience in there, but ultimately these players need to perform and our Judge and Sears between them are not performing. I, so I think Judge is maybe being viewed a little bit harshly by some because as poor, as poor as he was in the first half yesterday, come the sort of business point of the match... It's his ball that Bennett's head is over at the end. It's his shot that leads to the goal at Sunderland. It was his ball that put Jack Lancaster in when he should have scored the second. And whilst he is struggling, he is still popping up with things here and there where Sears just isn't contributing in an attacking sense at all at the moment. And I think if if you want to play one of them, I think it's judge judge for me. And you sort of put someone on the other side. And yep. Because, like I say, Sears and Ward, they start the season well. They had a lovely little link up down that side, but... I'd say Sears has just not done anything for weeks and weeks now. Mm. Um, let's just t- quickly talk about Shrewsbury. Um, Burgoyne in goal with a very nice Movember tash. Um, they went for a back three. Um, so they're obviously lining up to face off against our front three. Um, Pierre, Banks, Ladell and Williams. Um, Charlie Daniels, you, you, him of Bournemouth. 
Um, David Edwards, him of Reading and Wolves, Norburn and Miller make up the midfield for Tracy Pugh, another ex-Bournemouth player, and Whaley up front. Um, let's jump straight into the action, guys, because it doesn't take us too long to um, concede our first home goal in the league of the season. Um, McGuinness is caught out here, and it was a very shaky start from McGuinness, wasn't it? But this is the kind of penalty that we're used to seeing um, Taito Nciala concede. Um it's a stone waller, isn't it, guys? There's no debate about this one at all. No, um, just, just so clumsy, isn't it? And I think McGuinness has been pretty clumsy in all the games he's played. He, he's, he, he does bring a lot of good to the team and that he can. He does win his headers and he seems to be sort of better on the ball than sort of Toto. But ultimately, we're here. We're sort of having to watch a young player iron out all the mistakes in his games while it's costing us in, in league matches. And like I say, the Sunderland goalie slips, the second one, it's his clearance that hits, or it's his NCR's clearance that hits his arm for the penalty. Portsmouth, he gave away a goal at the start there, didn't he, with his poor deflection. And this is just basic, basic stuff, isn't it? It's, it's not even difficult. He just runs into him. Uh, and Norbert, Norm, Norbert is confident with the penalty, albeit Holy seems to get something. On the ball, yeah, I think he'd, he'd committed himself, and he holy was already diving to the to the right. His weight, his momentum, his weight were taken that way. So yeah, he didn't get enough on it. Did he? And uh, yeah, as I said, the first goal conceded at home in the league. Um, and sixty minutes, guys. Um, just so you're aware, Sam Ricketts, the Shrewsbury boss at full time yesterday, said they had three stonewall penalties that they should have had. Um, I guess including the first we've just talked about. This one on 16, it's McGuinness again who's involved, but I think Pugh is looking for this one. He kind of falls over, kind of looking for the contact, doesn't he? And the referee's quite wise to it and um, waves it away. Um, I don't think he's, I don't think he, he's, his feet just go from under him as he turns, he stops, and I think the pitch just goes from under him. So he must feel like he's been caught. But when you sort of watch the replay, he doesn't get caught, but he sort of, tries to turn sharply and his feet just go from under him. So I think it's one where he probably thinks he got caught, but he, he just didn't. Yep. Um, 22, though, we've mentioned Lancaster. He's going to come on for Nolan, um, who's off injured. Um, and to be honest, nothing had. I've got nothing else written down so far from an Ipswich perspective. This, this system, this personnel, just really was not working. The full-backs were kind of nowhere in the game. The centre-backs were doing the usual passing between them. I, I thought Nolan hadn't really contributed a great deal up to that point, albeit relatively early in the game. Judge's positioning um, was all, you know, as you expect for him, certainly cutting in. I don't know whether that was a deliberate ploy or not, but meant that Chambers was continually looking for the diagonal. Um, but, you know, on, on paper here, would you have brought on Hughes? In, in hindsight, I know Lancaster obviously makes telling contribution at the end, but... Um, you've got a like-for-like option there. It's an interesting choice that Lambert brings well, in. Well, I, I think, it, I think it? it shows where Hughes is in the pecking order, really, doesn't it? Because, what is he now? What, probably our seventh-choice central midfielder? When you look at it, because John Nolan was suspended for three games in a week, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and Emmy Hughes didn't play one minute behind Alan Judge, behind Jack Lancaster. When you've got Flynn Downs out, you've got Cole Scoose out. Now, Brett McGavin is playing ahead of him. It's, like I say, Hughes is just Nowhere, really, isn't he? Mm. The thing is, as well, Lancaster was interviewed afterwards, didn't he? And was saying, I think he was asked about playing centrally, and he actually sort of mentioned himself he quite likes playing wide. So it's not as if he's coming in and playing in a in his most natural position. I know he, he played rather more advanced, didn't he? Of the, of the two, um, more as a ten, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, as Joe says, it's, sort of, it's, it's a shame for Hughes, but it's something we've spoken about previously. But I'm sure we'll get some minutes this week now. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Um, a penalty shout here for Ipswich. It's, it's, a, it's for us, so it's never going to be awarded. But it's it's not drastically dissimilar to the Sunderland penalty the, with a handball. And, and to borrow a cliche, you've seen them given. Um, the Hetty 9, this is a, probably the best chance of the half for Ipswich. Jackson gets in behind, cuts the ball back. And Lancaster's probably just too close in to get his feet sorted and his shot is blocked. Um, and so Sears is, is on the scene, but also has a shot blocked as well in the rebound. Um, Enciala is pushed, two-handed shove in the back. Yeah. Again, yeah. seen them given, guys. Um, no rub of the green here. Um, 43 minutes, this is the concerning point. Um, Teddy Bishop is, is down for a while. And Craig, he was targeted all half, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and didn't get much protection from the referee from... What I can no, recall. No, it was, and it was different. It was pretty much a different player each time, wasn't it? It's pretty textbook stuff. But in those circumstances, one of our players needs to be in the ref's ear, doesn't he? From the very first or second time it happened, saying, "Come on, ref, look, it's pretty bloody obvious what's going on here." The same thing happened at Edwards at Sunderland, didn't it? He was getting cut down pretty much every time he got the ball on the yeah. wing by Sunderland. So, well, and Bishop was against Sunderland as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're, get, they're getting kicked. So, and I say, I think it's. Therefore, up to us to to be highlighting it, getting in the refs here and refereeing the match for them if they're not going to do it themselves. Yeah, I totally agree. And guys, that's half time. And I think if a crowd had been in Portman Road, I tweeted it as much yesterday. I think there would have been booze at half time, wouldn't there? Because you know Shrewsbury's game plan was not subtle. You know they got exactly what they wanted, which is the early goal, and they were going to sit on that. I know they got round the back a few times, but. There's not a huge amount from them to talk about, but there's not a huge amount. The Lancaster chances size that Ipswich contributed to that match, it was very disorganised and, and pretty disappointing to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that Lancaster, that Lanc- sorry, Joe, that Lancaster effort was a, was a good chance, though, wasn't it? Right. Jackson did very well to get he there, did. didn't he? It was blistering place to get to that ball, McGavin's ball, I think it was. And it was on Lancaster's right foot, wasn't it, rather than his left, so which is probably why it was a bit bit powder puff but you know that was literally the only chance we created wasn't it of any of any note apart from NCR getting pushed in the back and and that kind of situation where you know that Shrewsbury they're going to stick men behind the ball the the selection of Jackson to exploit his pace when we knew that it's very unlikely that he's going to get too many opportunities to get round them um, it seems a bit strange doesn't it I guess clearly Lambert plans for success rather than failure here but it just felt like the selection just wasn't working. Judge was, wasn't really giving a, Chambers any offer of an outball down the right, and Enciala and was kicking the ball out to touch on the on the left hand side as well. There was just I, nothing to us, was there, Joe? I think the problem was whatever selection was out there, there were just too many players not playing well enough yesterday, yeah. and and whether it's because we conceded the early goal and that just flattened us because it, it seemed to, but. Chambers, who's been so good all season, was pretty poor on the ball. He was giving it away a lot. Ward, the other oh, side, was, was, yeah. was was poor. Enciala and McGuinness were just getting in each other's ways. There was just seems such a lack of communication there. McGavin looked fine in the first okay. half. I say Nolan wasn't involved. Um, Jack Lancaster wasn't really involved at all, other than the chance. Jackson looked sharp, but didn't get the ball at all. Judge was poor. Like his touch, his passing. He gave the ball away almost every time he had it. Sears yeah. not involved. It was just a poor performance from 
sort of probably everyone apart from Brett McGavin and Thomas Holy in the first half. And, and your point, Joe, and I, is and we've, we've mentioned it already, is what have we been doing for two weeks or ten days leading up to this? Because there didn't appear to be any kind of pattern of play. You know, something we've bemoaned on the pod for two years. It looked like we just chucked eleven players out on the pitch, didn't it? Yeah, t- two years, two years of the same manager, two weeks just on the training pitch, and we looked like strangers out there. And every single player looked like a stranger from each other. And even the big, the key ones, the sort of central midfield partnerships, central defensive partnerships, the wingers and fullbacks. There was just no, there was just, there was just nothing. It was I nearly drove down there just to boo at half time. <laughs> Let's get into the second half because. At least it gets better. Um, but 50 minutes, um, Craig, should Bishop have come out for the second half? He subbed after five minutes for Hughes. You know, Yeah, they're probably just seeing if he could carry on with this. Just text, textbooks and stuff, isn't it? Um, yeah, he, he should have come out. You know, he, he may have just run it run it off, as they say. I'd imagine that's pretty much the limit of our sports science um, capabilities. You know, go out there, Teddy, and just see if you can run it off. Does it hurt, boy? Yeah, get the magic sponge out. And um, and Hughes comes on. Um, I was only the, the only one who thought he looked a little bit of chunky, shirt untucked. He's, maybe he's just, he's just looked. Yeah, he's just poor old guy. He just he's just looked a shadow, isn't he, of his former self? The games I said last week. The games metaphorically and physically just pass him by at the moment, don't they? Yeah. Um, sixty-four minutes is gets down the right. This is a big opportunity. Lovely kind of flick behind him from Jackson and Judge. Yeah, I kind of was watching it with a few mates and saying, of all the people you want at the end of this chance, it's probably not Alan Judge. Kind of gets his dive in for the Judge ball. With the wrong foot, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he, yeah, that's a good shout. Um, and I think it's the post, is it, or the keeper makes a save? But this is the, yeah, it's an opportunity, isn't it? Um, yeah. But 75 minutes. Um, who's going to tell me about this one? Um, we've we've got we've had the kind of double substitution. Hail Mary, I call it. 66 minutes is maybe a little bit early, but it was <laughs> illustrative of maybe the desperation of how poorly we've been playing. But Keenan Bennett comes on, um, as does Norwood, and the former Craig, is it, who's um, yeah. going to get involved? Yeah, yeah. Finally. He, he hadn't really done too much. He, he, you were saying yourself, Rich, when you, that he looked like he was playing in the middle because he was drifting inside so much after he came on. Um, and again, he was sort of just trying maybe held on to it a little bit too much for the rare occasions he was getting the ball. And so he just had it down in the, in the, near the corner flag, wasn't it? Um, from a, from a throw. And I think he eventually gets it. He just puts in a pretty nondescript cross with his left foot, which wasn't even going to beat the man at the, at the near post. And he banks Landell, thankfully shanks it in, doesn't he? Just had a almighty swing at it. And I mean, he'd do well to repeat that, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I say it wasn't. It wasn't deserved. It came out of completely nowhere. The the cross wasn't exactly fizzing in, and you know, in that corridor, as they say, it was just a pretty bog standard cross, which was easily cleared. You'd have thought. I mean, that's that's the thing, Craig. There is not a clear cut chance. Maybe you know, the judge one is it, it, there or thereabouts is a chance, but we did not look like there, there was possession without the threat wasn't it and you kind of thought yeah, where is ever. the goal going to come well it comes from Shrewsbury shooting themselves in the foot doesn't it yeah as ever it's just so pedestrian in it when we do stuff well, on, the, on the very 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 rare occasion we do something with a little bit of impetus and a little bit of pace you know it, it we do okay or you know we may carve out something but it's just so pedestrian it's possession for possession's sake isn't it 99% of the time yeah in areas of the pitch 
where you know, no threat to the opposition. Doesn't affect anything. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have any notes from now until um, injury time, apart from Shrewsbury wasted time pretty much from the 45th minute, as you as you kind of would expect, maybe even earlier than that. And and finally, um, I know a referee who had I think it was seven subs in total, maybe a little, maybe I don't know how many Shrewsbury made in the end. Um, but seven minutes of added time, and 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 actually felt like a reasonable amount of time to add on because Shrewsbury had been doing their kind of dark arts throughout the second half, as you'd kind of expect. And actually, it maybe comes back to haunt them um, because um, Joe, there is um, well, I, I don't know whether this comes first or second. I think there's this moment here where McGavin slips, kind of Stuart that Watson the on the EADT, goals, kind yeah. of says. Um, Gerard-esque slip um, which I think is fair enough um, and McGuinness and NCR are getting a medal and th- this is possibly what Sam Rickers is talking about this is a robust challenge I've written here um, by NCR um, but the referee uh, isn't isn't interested and no one really appeals for it but I was kind of half expecting a penalty for that yeah I, th- I thought it was a penalty the first time I've seen it I've watched it back and NCR doesn't really look like he gets the ball there he, he goes in and tackling from a really poor position and doesn't look like he gets a ball. I think had he had it been given, I don't think anyone would have had too many complaints, but I say that was, it it seemed like after we scored, they seemed the more likely side to get another one at that point. We didn't seem to kick on from there. They they hit us on the break a couple of times, but this one was sort of real sort of hearts in your mouth moment because it it did look a penalty. Yeah. With eye follow, you don't get the benefit of the replay from other angles, do you? But the ball didn't deflect where you'd expect to had he made a tackle, did it? It sort of carried on the momentum of the direction that the guy was running in rather than Enciola coming across and getting a getting a clearance on it. But as you say, no one particularly moaned and groaned during the match at the time. And it's, well, as I said, the game's going to swing totally the other way. And um, you mentioned it already, Joe. Alan Judge is, is involved here. And for once, he's actually hit a shot with some power. Yeah, and it's the same. It was it was almost one of the sort of only decent balls put into the box in the game from Chambers. He sort of whipped a good ball across, which I think it was Norwood who sort of lets it go through him to judge, and judge just takes a touch to get out of his feet and has a shot of goal. It's it's not the best effort at goal to be honest, and there's not enough power on it. But the keeper sort of rather than tries to hold it, just palms it sort of up in the air, and Jack Lancaster is Johnny on the spot who flies in and heads it in, and I say. And it's and it's the match winner there. You well, we assumed it was the match winner. It nearly didn't turn out that way, but it was. I don't know. It was, it was a hard one because I sort of I wasn't that excited about the sort of first goal. The second one is sort of a celebration, but I think it was to do with not being in the ground. In that, when you're in the ground in there, the first thing you do is you glance at the linesman to see if his flag is up, and then because everyone sort of seems to stop, and that sort of the reaction from it is. Is a bit strange, but I, I watched it back on the uh, the club tweeted a picture of the, a video from the goal from behind the goal out effectively, and it is the keeper's got to be doing better with that. But fair play to Lancaster, two goals in two games, and he, I thought we had a pretty quiet game. And I think that's probably been a bit generous to say he was quiet there, but he comes up with a goal when it matters and sort of really sharp in the box. I thought I, I think Judge does get hold of the shot quite well. You know, we're used to him kind of sit, sit hitting these low little trundlers. There. And I, I wouldn't even say they're a grass cutter, Craig, because usually they're kind of bobbling along. But I thought he got... Yeah. There was a little bit of sideways movement on the ball, a little yeah, bit. It was, yeah, it was a little bit. It was still pretty straight at the goal. Oh, straight was, at the keeper. I'm not... Of, yeah. sort of a, it was a carbon copy, wasn't it? They had one at the other end, didn't they, where the guy cut inside Chambers and hit it, had a good 
decent shot at um, Holy, and Holy had good hands and, and kept hold of it, didn't he? It wasn't. A... Luckily, that was straight at him as well. Yeah, but it wasn't a million miles different from from that. I appreciate it was a little bit wide. I thought it was poor goalkeeping, wasn't it? But uh, Lancaster's bombing in. Yep, and and, uh... and and then almost concede straight from it as well. I mean, a penalty box scramble is all the is the last thing you need because. You know, it's pretty much 96th minute, I think that goes in, and you think, well, that's surely it. They kick off and the final whistle goes, but no. I think it's Chambers who has to clear off the line here. It was panic stations there, but town hold on. Um, and, I mean, we've got questions about how we kind of felt when the goal went in and, and the aftermath here. I, th- I guess the headlines that I've got here are the stats don't really tell the story of the game. You know, 68 possession, 68% possession for Ipswich, 14 shots to five, albeit only five of those were on target for us. Two big chances. But we've kind of talked about this possession and you kind of felt, you know, McGavin was doing his best. But without Dizelle, you kind of felt that our possession, this 68% possession was largely across the halfway line, wasn't it? In our own, in our own half, you know? Interesting yeah. what the territory stats were, then, if you're talking about, talk about rugby. I've got a little heat map thingy here. It's a shame we've not got the. I can't put it up. I'll, I'll, I'll post it. But, you know, red indicates the most number of touches. And as I say, it's red. There's two massive blobs of red in our half, where NCR and McGuinness are. And then there's one on the right hand side that basically is just on the inside of, of their half, you know? Um, it, it was obvious, though, wasn't it, that as soon as. Holy rode out to Enciala, which he pretty much did um, more often than not. He was just allowed to have the ball, wasn't he? They were just marking up everybody else and allowing Enciala to have the ball and then saying, right, go there, mate. Do, do what you like with it. See what you can do. All yep. match. Not and, a lot. And, and, do you reckon they'd have done the same with Wolfie if he was playing? Well, um, I, I, I guess my thought is is how much we missed Dazelle. I thought yesterday was really telling how you know McGavin did... I think McGann was probably the pick for me, um, and, I, and I guess probably you guys as well. But there was no one really linking up the thirds of the field, was there? And, and it, it just felt like there was no coherence to the way we, the way we were playing, no, which I've... is why the goals have kind of come from from nothing, really. As, as Joe said, it's, it was a combination of everything, wasn't it? You know, they had three quarters of your back four probably having their worst games of the season so far. Um, Jackson. Jackson's touch, is, if we're going to play it to his feet, his touch probably isn't good enough to play that, to hold on to it, to allow people to join him. But, you know, who was going to join him in any case? We weren't really getting forward from central midfield. Sears wasn't offering much. Judge was AWOL. There was nothing in front of Chambers for him to pass to, as you said, Rich. It was just a pretty well, ordinary and more frequent performance at the moment. And, Joe, we've now got Bishop, I think, sounds like he's out for a while. Nolan, I think, is definitely out for this week. Dazelle misses one more game because of his suspension. No Gwion Edwards. That sounds like a typical kind of hamstring injury. So four to weeks. six weeks, maybe, I guess. Um, is there a plan B here? And is it time for two up front? I, I think it's, you're going to struggle to find three midfielders to put out there on, on Tuesday night as well. Because I, whilst McGavin played well, I thought he, he struggled in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. I think it sort of the game had got on top of him a bit there. And... Is Kenny going to play another 90 minutes on Tuesday? And then who else you got there? Probably Emir Hughes, who is, like we were saying earlier, is struggling. And then you're going to have to put a Jack Lancaster or Alan Judge in the middle with them, which that is a, that's sort of a, 
they are not really in your central midfield, are they? They are an attacker that sort of drops in every now and again. They aren't a they aren't a third man in the midfield, are they? So it is a drop. But I don't know. Paul Lambert's gone from someone who changed formation every single week to somebody who's like I say on Football Manager has got this new plug and play tactic, and he's just going <laughs> to stick with it. What sort of whatever comes now, and it's I don't know. It's just I don't really have any faith in him getting it right. I think if, as you say, Rich, if we haven't got Edwards, we haven't got Bishop, and we haven't got Dezel, who's getting us up the pitch? Who's going to either pass it up the pitch or run with it up the pitch for us? Because without those three, who we were talking about ratings of players last week, probably our highest rated, certainly attacking-minded players, not taking Chambers into account, but Edwards has probably been our player of the season so far. Bishop is getting better and better and dribbling through the middle of the pitch, up the pitch. Dezel's passing it up the pitch. Joe's saying we're going to struggle to find three players for central midfield. Christ, who you, if you're playing 4-4-2, four, four, who are your central two going to be? Mm. Yeah. They'll be overrun, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. But also, I, I just think, um, you're sort of saying, I know Giselle, we miss him, but realistically, without Teddy Bishop and without Guion Edwards, we don't have anyone that can break a line or beat a man up, up in the final third. And I wouldn't like to go back and count all the goals. We're, sort of every single goal this season seems like it's had one of their involvement in it that sort of somewhere along the line from the opening day where Bishop gets the first and Edwards gets the second and it seems almost every single goal all season has had one of them beating a man to get it in there putting a cross in finishing it off they've got what nine goals between them as well and I just think without those two we are in a position where we are going to look even more static and which sort of seems hard to believe after you saw the game Saturday but <laughs> so Keenan Bennett gave it a go and I know not everything came off for him but he actually gave it a go and like even sort of, I don't know how fit James Norwood was yesterday, but his movement and the way he plays that central striker role has given us something that we ha- we haven't had all season. Sort of, sort of a genuine sort of bit of a bully up there who also has a goal threat. So I like say if you can get Norwood fit, if you can, but then Jackson played well. Like Time say, for Jackson you... to take his place on the left hand side of that three then. But then Norwood in the get, middle and Kim Bennett's right. Do we right. get overrun if we like I say if we put Jackson Norwood up front? Do you get overrun in the middle? Like I say it. Like I say, I know the injury situation is bad, but ultimately we've got enough good players still there. Yeah. Why not give up? Why not give Dobra a game if you want someone to beat a man up in that final say third? That, Somebody who wasn't even on the bench yesterday. Yeah. And the good thing is, it's not like we've got two of the best teams in the league to face in the coming week anyway. Um, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Before we get on to the questions, and we've got a lot of questions and we've deliberately not talked too much about Lambert, um, I do want to talk about his post-match comments about Brett McGavin. Um, some light and shade for you. Um, pre-match, um, asked whether this is from TWTD. Asked whether Academy product McGavin is in his thoughts to take Dizelle's role against the Shrews. Um, he, um, he said um, he did great. He didn't let me down. He didn't let himself down. He's a young kid, but he's still a really good footballer. Um, post-match, fast forward, um, and it's Brenner Woolley who's taking the brunt of this. Um, Brenner was um, positive about McGavin's performance and Lambert replied with, he must be a favourite of yours because you wax lyrical about him all the time. My standard is maybe a little bit different to yours. I think there are good things there. I think there are, th- and I, th- uh, I think there are good things there. I think there are some things he's got to be one hundred times better with. But the kid came in and played a good game. He's got big shoes to fill in. Um, but there you go. There's some other stuff there. Um, what does Brett McGavin take from this one? I guess Joe, from your kind of academy perspective, you know. Uh, it, is this the kind of thing that players, young players who are, are thrust into the action, perhaps um, a little bit under under pressure, want to hear? Um, or do they want to have maybe their ego striked a little bit and an arm put around them? Well, well no young player wants to hear that, do they? Because it wasn't exactly a glowing praise. You want to you want to build these players up and make them feel tall. The only, the only hope is that Brett, from sort of what I understand, is a pretty level-headed lad. He's his father was obviously a footballer, so is a, and is still is still around the game as well, sort of working in football. So hopefully he's someone that can help keep his sort of spirit up and sort of make sure he doesn't read too much into it because it's just it's just unnecessary. And it's Lambert, like Mick McCarthy, got like this over the sort of end of his reign, where they just treat the local press with sort of utter disdain at times and so dismissive to them and so it's it's not exactly Frost Nixon, is it? Brenner Woolley asking you a few sort of easy questions at the end of the game. And it's like, he comes in and he sort of says, oh, that's not the best performance, which it wasn't. And he's like, oh, you're being so negative. Well, bloody blah. And then it's like, oh, well, Brett McGavin played well. That's a positive. Oh, oh no, he didn't. It's, neg- it's, it's like Lambert's just having a little battle with all these reporters just by being a twat. And he, do- he doesn't care who gets thrown under the bus by his sort of petty little games that he plays with with all the local press that's the sort that's how i was sort of reading it is that he wasn't necessarily he didn't necessarily come into the press conference to belittle mcgavin he came in it to basically be contrite and say exactly the opposite to what brenner woolley was saying for whatever yeah. reason so he was regardless snarky of who, wasn't he all through yeah, very snarky. regardless of who brenner had suggested he was going to say the opposite just to be you know a dick Contrary. about it yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But the thing was, the the result empowered Lambert to be able to do it, didn't it? You know, had had he come out of that with a one-all draw or you know a loss, 
he wouldn't have been so bolshy and been able to you know, come out and act act as he did. You know, we're almost in the realms of your opinions don't, you know, your opinions don't matter. Show us your medals, almost. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, how many? Yeah, how many Champions League have you won, Brenner? Um, and and this is the issue at this at this moment in time is obviously supporters aren't in the ground, and I think you know had that ended one all yesterday, um, and at half time yesterday um, on Saturday, I think the fans would have let Lambert know what they felt about that performance. Um, and Brenner Woolley is effectively our representative now because we're all there remotely anyway, and I don't think what Brenner asked was particularly controversial or um, inaccurate um, and so it's almost as if it's two fingers to us as well as, as, as probably it is directly to Brenna Woolley you know professionalism it, it is. never is is it it's never it's never sort of I, I find that sort of the guys at TWTD EADT the sort of Radio Suffolk they, they, they have to walk such a tightrope sort of around the football club because basically the football club is the only show in town and without if they were to have any access struggles that East Anglia would really struggle without that the TWTD I think they might be having problems from what I understand as well and um, sort of Radio Suffolk if he says he's not going to speak to the radio then it just doesn't it doesn't help so that the press go really really easy on them while yeah. while Stu and Andy do they do try and put the opinion pieces out and try and push the mood of the fans and but they're they're very very fair and probably too fair to the club at times because they have to be and I think like I say it happened with Mick towards the end of his reign where it got to the point where they just used to print Mick's press conferences up as transcripts because just to sort of show this is the these are the questions that are being asked they're getting these reactions and I think like I say I'd implore any Ipswich fan to I think Rich tweeted out the link to the final whistle show yesterday on BBC Suffolk go back and don't just read the words on this. Go and listen to it as well. Listen to the way Lambert talks about this. And it's just, it's disgusting really. And he is that, he is our representative and he is the the face of our club effectively. And he's, and he's just a dick. The good thing is, Joe, um, is, is I've, I've kind of caged you up for 40 minutes talking about match action. We don't give a shit about access. We're not going to spend that stupid money to try and get into the press conferences. So we're going to tell you how it is. And the good thing is everyone's asked us questions um, and they want to know about it as well. So don't hold back, guys. Admittedly, if we can keep this swear count as, you know, monetization, well, that is good. Um, but, you know, we've got we've got no axes to grind, really. You know, we're, we're all supporters. We can all see what happened yesterday. And I think we don't need to be backward and coming forward about giving our opinions. So here we go. I'm going to start with you, Joe, because you, you look like you're ready. You look like you're spoiling. Um, Dave Gort, a sign of a good team is one that wins... When they don't play well, we are stretching this a bit far now. Current performance levels are not good enough. The poor refereeing decisions against us are of late. Um, the poor refereeing, and perhaps fate's way of trying to even out our continued poor play. But I guess I just wanted to pick on the first piece said there. A sign of a good team is one that wins when they don't play well. Um, a lot of people said yesterday was papering over the cracks. The Quest guys, you know, George Alec from not the top 20, Danny Cowley and Colin Murray were debating this. You know, we are, the last few weeks we have played badly in one game and it's kind of the worst of both worlds, isn't it? Or do we want wins at any cost? It's difficult, isn't well, it? Well, it's, it's difficult. I, don't, I, I worry that come this time next week, if we've had poor results at Halland Charlton, that if we if we've got three points yesterday, does that put us in a position in the table which makes it look better than it is I, I, I don't know whether that result ends up causing us more damage in the long term than good, but 
I just, like I say, I, I, I was obviously, all the listeners will know, I was quite vocal about my opinions about Lambert through last season. I thought he should have gone in December when he got the new contract. A lot of people said he should have gone in May previously. I'd have, I think he'd probably just about done enough with what he'd done off the pitch to deserve a crack at League One. But I thought by December he'd shot. I thought by, well, any, any time once the form fell off after January, I think he should have gone. When we when we were finished 11th, I think he should have gone. Had the season finished, I think he would have gone. But this season, he's he was walking a tightrope. But I was I was prepared to sort of be optimistic and given the benefit of the doubt. And I know it sounds silly when we're third in the league with sort of more than two points per game. But ultimately, the season started and you could see that there were signs that we were going in the right direction. We were playing some better football. You only have to look at the look back at the goals from the first month of the season. And there, there were some decent goals scored, decent interplay, decent movement. But sort of Gillingham was really... I thought the first half we did okay there. And the second half they came out and they were the better team and they're not a good side. Crew batted us. We lost at Lincoln. We played okay there. Sunderland, we lost poor poor decisions. And I think we probably just about edged that one. But had that finished 1-1, I don't think anyone would have complained. Oh, happy to write off the cup games. This is how much benefit of doubt I was giving him. But yesterday, that was a horror show against a really, really poor side. It showed how poor they were. The fact we managed to beat them by playing that crap. And like I say, gone is that sort of early season optimism where there's sort of a few decent bits of play. There's, we look like we're sort of trying to do the right things, the team selections. And we, we've, like I say, we've had the same manager for two years. We've had two weeks on the training ground and we turn up and put in a performance like that. I think it's, like I say, he's, I'm back off the fence now and I'm, I've placed my feet back in the Lambert out camp, which I, I'm never really out of in the first place. But uh, he is, we're, we're not going to go up with him here. We just need to make a change as soon as possible. Craig. It, just, it, 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 it bemuses me, you said about international breaks, it's every single international break, we come back and we are bloody awful after it, aren't we? It seems yeah. we, we, we're worse with more time on the training ground than we are with, with less time on the training ground. We're, yeah. we're, we're just such a poorly coached team. And every single week you watch a team and they're, they're just better coached than us. And like I say, you go back to the Lincoln game and I know, like I say, we probably could have nicked a point there and we didn't but that was a team that put out there 18 players like 15 of them had come in in the summer and they looked so much more organized than us they had their press triggers they had their shapes they had their patterns of play and it's like we've had the same squad of players effectively for at least at least all of last season you look at who played yesterday holy obviously was here last season chambers nciala obviously mcgavin's coming through the the sort of kids team and things like that Jackson Sears Judge these are all players that have been here for a long time and they we the managers just cannot set a team up look at crew and their pattern of play you know they should have yeah. wiped the floor with us if they had but strikers they've, they've, they've come through from a promotion and things like that so teams like that you ex, you expect to be able to play well on their day but like I say they, they've only got hammered 4-1 at Portsmouth yesterday and can't score dominated the can, game can't score like I say, does it, does anyone here think that Paul Lambert can set a, set a team up well and coach a team well, or is it just a case of being able to get relatively organised defensively? Craig Ginger Eagle seventy three Lee um, asks, um, "Don't think I've ever rolled my eyes after a win. Now, <laughs> now that win has probably earned Lambert another six months. What are your thoughts on whether a new manager would actually help matters? Um, is it set so deeply that we need a massive clear out?" With a few notable exceptions. 
it's it's under, but the players are underperforming as well, though, aren't they? And it's you know you can you can lay stuff at Lambert's door, but cross the mic. How many of the players are playing well? You know, they, and and the the players that we need to play well. The ex, we were saying earlier about having experience through the team. It's your experienced players that are that are letting the team down as well, isn't it? So no real communication you know, yesterday, was there? We didn't talk about that. You know, we, no. we don't have crowd noise. Too much crowd noise played through. There's not much chat, was there? There was not much celebration of the goals either. You know, it's kind of felt like Lincoln fire three last season. You know. Yeah, and, and as is it Lee that says about rolling his eyes at the at the at the result? It was yeah, whether it's the Swansea result that Hurst got that got him another match or two, didn't it? And duel away Barnsley. at Barnsley. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember there was a there was a match under McCarthy, wasn't there? And McGoldrick scored a. In the ninety-second minute, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, and the crowd were after McCarthy that day, and they and they scored. We scored in the last minute to draw two-two, and that was just like a, oh god, we scored, and we can't have a proper moan. We, we can't have a proper. We're not allowed to have a proper moan and boo at it now. So I think it would have been an element of that had there been any crowd in there yesterday, like a half-eyed. Oh good, we've won. We can't vent our frustrations like Joey's. Off to the pub, um, Joe. Paul Westlake asks. Obviously, I always want us to win, but de fluke. Results like Shrewsbury just add confusion. No direction, no leadership was evident, as Craig said. Are we relying on other sides being poorer than us to get wins? Certainly it was the case yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think, like I say, that the issue now is about the confusion is that effectively at home we've, we've played 6 1 6, but the first three were deserved wins and the last three, well, Accrington was a bit of a struggle. It's now sort of four of the six where we've maybe not done enough to win them and we've and we've won them all and sort of I'd have said up until sort of up, up until a few weeks ago that the if you'd have looked at uh, sort of what what we've got on the board compared to what we should have had it was only really the MK Dons game where we nicked a point where we were much poorer than them but over the last well, it's probably the last six games now I think we've we've got a lot more than we deserved especially in the free home ones and the sort of well, I don't know how many points we've got in the last six games? Is it nine points? Is it three wins, three defeats? So that nine points could have easily been four, could have easily been three. And if that's the case, then it's then it's massively different. And like I say, if we do what we have done consistently for the last 18 months and not beat teams around us in the league in, in this coming week, and we pick up one point this week or zero points or two points or one point, this three points here, does put us in a position where Lambert can say, well, we're still in the top six. We're doing well. We've just had a few bad decisions. We've got a lot of injuries and we're still in the top six. But personally, I think if you, if Evans thinks he is not the right man anymore, you just need to get him out of there while, while we are still in a good position for the next man to have a go at. And oh. and to the debate we were having on the Blue Monday WhatsApp earlier, while there are, while there are viable candidates who are not being touted to championship clubs because... There's no vacancies, I think, in the championship at the moment. And now feels like a good time to make a change, but we don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, do we? I, I guess Mark Palmer's question, Craig. Sorry to jump in because I know you're going to make another point. Um, is there any chance Evans will act sooner and sat Lambert on the basis of poor team performances and poor management of the younger players, or is it solely down to results and league position? Yeah, the latter, I would imagine. If we, as Joe says, if we're still in the top six, then from the outside looking in and from Evans's perspective it's about promotion isn't it and if we're in the top six you're still in with a shout of promotion and I would imagine similar to Hurst that any get out clauses might revolve around league positions at certain points in the season so there may be something there and 
you know, once we've got past Hull and Charlton, we've then got Oxford, Plymouth and Portsmouth coming up, haven't we? So they're, they're not easier games. Well, I suppose they are easier games than those two, but, you know, they're not tailing off in terms of how, how easy they're going to get. We're just, as Joe was saying, it, we're reliant on our what quality we do have in the team being better than the opposition. And that's why we finished 10th, 11th last year, wasn't it? Because we were beating the teams that were worse than us and not having enough about us to beat teams who were on a level with us and better than us. Because that's when the coaching and the and the setup comes into fruition. Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're getting through games by hook or by crook just by being having better players against the worst teams, which is which is exactly what we did last year and exactly what we've done so far this. Mm. Now this time next week, Christ, we could be uh, singing his praises again. Who'd have thought nine what, nine points in a week? But wow. it's not looking likely, is it? Well, Chris London Tractor Boy says seemed like a pre-season friendly against Shrewsbury. Um, lack of attacking threat, no plan B. Shrewsbury were only a threat when we made a mistake. We will be taught harsh lessons twice this week if we don't drastically improve. God knows what the midfield will be look like on Tuesday. I think he's got a point. Um, Nick, does that give Lambert the excuses though? Of yeah, because I'm down to the bare bones tomorrow. A red napism, um, yeah, possibly. Um, Nick um, asks, does the pod think that Lambert's ego is stopping him from admitting he's wrong and recalling Wolfenden? Playing two clumsy centre-halves is asking for trouble. Um, he says Jackson has to play in a two and have all the team be learning walking football as we don't have to have the tempo. Um, what is your thoughts on Lambert's treatment of Wolfenden? We talked about kind of his statements about McGavin, perhaps not really reading too much into that, but what about Wolfenden? He's, he's got to be back in the team, hasn't he? He's our, he's our best... Def- so there's, there's, he's our best defender... He's given a massive bump of four-year contract in the summer. So not only is he our best defender, he is our best asset in the squad, probably, alongside Flynn Downs. And he played... He sort of missed games because Lambert decided to play him in that EFL trophy game at the start of the season where he got injured after he sort of sort of had his hamstring seem to go against Wigan or Bristol Rovers in the first game. He comes back in the side. We keep two clean sheets. And then he sort of COVID catches him or he has to quarantine for whatever reason, which is unfortunate. But ultimately, he's you've just got to get him back in team. He got himself into the team after Toto and Wilson struggled and he and he didn't do anything wrong when he came back in the team. And he, he does get us moving. He does get us passing ball quicker. And I say, if, if you want to sit there and go back and forth across the back, yeah, well, Toto's your man with the odd shank out of play. But... <laughs> Ultimately, if you want to be a progressive side, you need to get your progressive players into the team because any anyone can pass the ball about at the back. And Peckham Blue asks, Craig, reckon there's any chance of Project NCR being scrapped? Today's game was crying out for Wolfie to bring the ball forward out of defence, as Joe said. Your thoughts? I guess we're kind of Adam and the Wolfenden comes in. Who does he come in for? And, and do you do you think Lambert will actually do it? Um. Yeah, I think he, I think he will do it. I, I think they both had a they both had a poor game, didn't they? McGuinness and uh, NCR at the weekend. But we've only got three centre halves, so unless we move Chambers across to stick Danassi in at right back, it's going to be Wolverton in for one of the two, isn't it? Um, as Joe said, he's got to come in just to get a foot on the ball and get us playing, regardless if we've got two ahead of him or or three ahead of him in central midfield. We just need somebody at the back who can play a pass forward with with some confidence that it's going to end up where it should um i said i'm i'm more concerned about central midfield yeah 
Tuesday, to be perfectly honest. I just wonder whether we're going to get one of those total sort of, it's happened before under both Hurst and Lambert, one of those total random selections of like, I'm I'm losing it here and I just need to chuck something out there which is totally random and Sorry, see how Brentford. it goes. We're, whether we're going to get there at some point. Um, slightly changing tact here, Adam Frajani, um, why do we persist with only playing Jackson down the middle of the three? Clearly not suited. Surely he would be an asset to the right or left of central striker with his pace. Anyone want to take that one? Agree. Yeah. yeah. But he hasn't even been tried there, has he? Not even once. I think we played him... We played all three of them, didn't we, up front in, from the start in one match last season, didn't we? And, but even then, Norwood was playing wide left and Jackson was playing through the middle. Bristol um, Rovers at home. Yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't ever even tried it, not even for a substitute minute. So, well, even when you look at the sort of good impact he made yesterday, it's getting that running behind and making a really making a really good run and making a really smart pullback as well. People going about his football brain, but he is very good when he gets in that position down on the byline at finding a man. A lot of his assists last season came from that point. You look at Downs' header in the corresponding fixture against Shrewsbury last year it was a good cross. Norwood at least two or three times he's got there and pulled him back from he's he's a he's a better player than he gets given credit for. Yeah. Chris Peach asked about Sears. Sears is a much better player when playing up front in a, with a strike partner, do we agree with that one? I mean, we, and and you know, there's, I've got questions here about. I just I just wonder what Sears is now. Well, yeah, um, you know, Mark with a C. I'm sure we no no longer have the right players available for four three three, and we have to move to a different system four four two. Dan Shelcott, you know, is in Freddie Sears, Emma Hughes, and Alan Judge. We have three players on huge wages who should be standing out as top players at this level. They are not. Bad management, question mark. And there's one more I just want to lob into the mix as well before you guys go on that. Will Airy, what dirt does Alan Judge have on Lambert? You know, Dan's point is is a really valid one there. You know, we've got these players, we've, we've you know, we repeat ourselves about Alan Judge quite a lot. But you've got Freddie Sears, Emir Hughes, Alan Judge, who in, on paper would be starters for any team in this division. Um, and what is it that make, means that they just don't stand out for us? Is it management or is it motivation or, you know? You, the, the, man, the manager can only do so much, can't he? But, you know, these guys aren't performing. I said it before, these guys simply aren't performing. And I appreciate what Joe's saying about Judge and the, you know, why he's on the pitch for the 90 minutes is because he can, you know, he will eventually hopefully stick in a decent cross or have a decent shot. Sears isn't, isn't performing. Hughes isn't performing. Is is that a fitness thing? I don't know. But you know, at, at some point, we do need to start putting some responsibility at, at players' feet, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as 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 the one of the one of the questions said, you know, these guys aren't earning pittance. They should be. And C has got a new contract, didn't he? Relatively relatively recently. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what we do. I say if we if we change formation, it'll only be Judge and Sears wide in a four four two, won't it? <laughs> Yeah, and Judge drifting inside. Yeah, but I'd, but I'd like to see these players. I, I just don't feel these players have ever had a shot in this league at playing in an organised side. Because even though we're playing the same formation every week, we're not organised, are we? And how how different would they look if they? Like I say, you you see some of the patterns of play that were being built up at the start of the year. That's gone out the window now, and it's like if if you put these players in other teams in this league that are better coached, I'm. You would be getting more out of them, I'm sure of it. Matt Sanard asks, should we send Lambert a copy of Mike Bassett 
England manager to get some formation tips. Hashtag 442. Hashtag 44F and 2, if we're going to do this right. Um, Mark Rogers, with the amount of the team love to pass it back to Toto, can we just stick Toto up top? Might get the ball forward a bit more. I mean, maybe we'll get that on Tuesday night. Um, what else have we got here? There's a good, good one from Mikey. How did you react to a 97th minute winner? That was easily the least excited I've ever been about a late winner. Do you agree with that one? Yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've, to be honest, I'm finding it a real struggle watching the games, just sitting in the office. I, I'm not enjoying it. I tried to get on my telly yesterday and it just failed. And I'm just watching games on my own. I sort of got used to it for the away games last year, but for every single game, it's driving me mad at the moment. Yeah, it's it's not a good watch, is it? Is it at all at the moment? There's no, but as I say, I, I would have thought the the atmosphere would have been the same as it was when that Rotherham late McGoldrick Rotherham equaliser went in. I, I I just sort of chuckled to myself when when the winner went in rather than being leaping around the front room. Um, James Chidwick, um, how many players are injured now? Um, would you all take two draws after the dross that was Saturday? We've we've got to beat a team in the top of the league at some point, and I don't think two draws does anything because it just doesn't it doesn't answer any questions. Yeah, and the thing is, it's it's it doesn't give you enough points, does it? You need to be winning one of them, don't you? Three points is better than two points. You know, without wishing to state the bleeding obvious, um, but as Joe says, at some point we've got to we've got to beat these teams. But I just don't see where it's happening with the with the selections regardless of formation I just don't see we've got enough players to play in the positions that we need them to George here says um, they say promotion winning teams win Messi but winning Messi in the last three home games is surely not solid foundation I think we all agree with that um, Tim Gorn always asks us lots of questions here what I wanted to pick out because someone else has mentioned it as well anyone else concerned at the lack of team celebration with the winner seemed only McGavin went over to Lancaster I think someone else adds something into that as well where are we sorry um tucker running tucker so is brett mcgavin the only player to celebrate the winning with jack lancaster certainly wasn't the scenes after wimbledon last season after a similar performance and results is that all down to no crowd perhaps hard, hard to know isn't it but i think a few players went over but it was like you say it wasn't a massive celebration for a young player scoring a winner in the last sort of almost what felt like the last kick of the game at the time but I don't know, it, it just, everything about yesterday just felt so flat from start to finish from, well, I say from, yeah, McGuinness got whacked within 10 seconds and that just set the tone for how, how flat we were all game and how there was just no, I don't know, you didn't even, you didn't really hear the players yesterday. It just seemed, I don't know, it, it, it did not seem a game that they were playing for the manager yesterday. It, it just seemed, I don't know, it, it just seemed such a strange like someone said a pre-season friendly earlier and I don't know how much impact the sort of early goal had on that but it just was a funny funny game yep um, we'll end with this from our mate Tim down on the south coast Tim Pashley. Um given the general negativity about ITFC um, am I sensible for not paying I follow and getting frustrated thoughts about that for Tuesday yep 100% keep your tenor in your pocket look at the stats look at the result and Enjoy your week until Tuesday night. <laughs> Smug face. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. Apologies um, if I don't have time to read it out. Lots of similar questions, um, and hopefully we dealt with the, the key points there. But please keep them coming in. Helps helps to shape the conversation. Um, 
let's do the roundup very quickly before we talk about Hull. Um, some results here to pick out. Um, opponents next Saturday, Charlton um, got a one or draw away at Gillingham. Um, I think they dominated that one. Um, Gillingham maybe got a little lucky. Um, Accrington nil, missed Lincoln nil. They missed a penalty. Gillingham did or Charlton did. Um, Burton one, Northampton three, Donny one, Sunderland one. Sunderland fans, I think, feeling similar to their season as we are about ours, and certainly the Twitter. I think yesterday, trending topics include I think Parky and Ipswich. So um, we, you know, massive teams in the league one. Um, we both. could be we could be having another bun fight over the available managers like <laughs> exactly we were with right. Jack Ross and Paul Hurst. When when Sunderland moving for Lambert at the start of last season, maybe they need to. But this is the thing, if Sunderland or Portsmouth, they're not, I know Portsmouth got a good win yesterday, but Kenny Jackett seems to be sort of on, he's always one that the fans seem to not be happy with, Phil Parkinson the same there. If those those two change managers, they're going to be getting someone that we we would have wanted. Hmm. Um, Talking of, um, Fleetwood 5, Plymouth 1, that's a decent result for Joey Barton's Fleetwood, isn't it? Um, MK Don's 1, um, Tuesday's opponents Hull City three, um, Peterborough um, last minute defeat here at home to Blackpool who have won five on the bounce, a late winner for Gary Medine. Um, you mentioned it, Joe Pompey four crew one. That I had a look at the XG for that game and or, or at least the possession and all, you know crew are dominating teams with the ball. They just can't score. You know, this is Pompey, not Pompey a recipe for success. Today, so it's different, isn't it? And Pompey's happens. take their chances, don't they? You know, they've got good players, Pompey. Um, Rochdale nil, AFC Wimbledon one. Swindon one, um, Bristol Rovers nil. Some ex-ICFC interest here. Brett Pittman with the winner for Swindon. You can still find him. And um, Paul Tisdale for the football hipster fans took charge at Bristol Rovers last week. And Wigan won, Oxford 2 to finish things off. Um, the league table hole setting the pace on 27 points, two points clear of Peterborough having played one game less. Ipswich are in third, guys. I don't know what you are complaining about. Um, third in the league on 25 points, also with a game in hand on Peterborough. Um, Pompey just behind us on 24. Charlton 5th, 23. Lincoln 6th, 23. And Fleetwood now making a bit of a charge up the table. They are 7th. Sunderland's 8th. Don't know what Sunderland fans are moaning about either. Um, down the bottom, Bristol Rovers, Shrewsbury, Wigan and Burton. Um, next up then, Hull, who have... Um, their results have kind of yo-yoed a few weeks. They had a, they had a big defeat to Fleetwood a few weeks ago, but two wins on the bounce now for them. Um, but this game is more about us, isn't it, guys? Rather than Hull, you'd expect Hull. To, to turn up and win this one. So what have we got to do to stop that? Have we got to take a leaf out of Shrewsbury's book perhaps and stick everyone behind the ball or are we going to have a nice open game? What's your what's your sense on this one? You want to go first, Joe? Uh, Craig? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I think, well, I say, if, if we're going to go in with a, a central midfield of McGavin, possibly Hughes and, I don't know, Judge, Judge yeah, yeah, as a three, or Hughes and McGavin as a two, or Hughes and Judge as a two, or a left field Dobra coming in. I don't know. I just don't think we're going to be strong enough there. And I don't think, I don't know, I might be proved wrong. I don't think we'll be going 4 4 2 against. I think we're just going to try and stay as solid as we can by packing that central midfield. And it'll be a 4 5 1 rather than a 4 3 3. Not expecting much out of it, to be fair. Whole score goals, don't they? Um, two, or, yeah. two or three, I think, most matches, don't they, at the moment? 
Um, so yeah, let's see. Watch it behind your sofa. I think <laughs> we've had a, we've had chasing in games at home to Hull in midweek games in previous years. Oh, do you we? remember? But yes, that's that was that's that the one when McCarthy did the team talk at the, in the, in the, yes. in the trans- yeah. transfer deadline day. And was that three nil or three one? Three nil. Three nil. I think. Yeah, three nil. Yeah, that was a bad evening. But neither of you are confident about about this one. A chart on Saturday isn't much easier, either, is it? I don't think chart have lost. I think they've won six in a row yeah. up until yesterday. Yeah, and they drew yesterday. Yeah, so it's not going to be an easy week, is it? Um, either way, um, you can follow um, the goings-on at Portman Road on Tuesday night. We've got a live stream, full-time live stream, Oof. if you want to vent with Ben and Dave, I think it is, on Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Um, so that might be something to look out for. And I think Mikey, I think, is back for the Charlton pod next week. All our details on our Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC, um, on our Facebook, um, on our Instagram, on our YouTube. Um, I might do a fleet tomorrow to advertise the pod. Now that's the thing on Twitter. Stupid. Stupid. Don't I get it. Um, but um, yeah, that's it, guys. That is the pod. Thank you for your time. Appreciate your input. Appreciate your insight. Um, who wants the final? I want Joe to have the just, final. Just work. quickly, um, yeah, yeah. The under 18s have their FA Youth Cup second round tie against Chelmsford City tomorrow night. Um, That's I think Monday night, Chelmsford, yeah. Chelmsford are streaming the game at a cost of, I think it's three pound fifty. But check their Twitter feed at official Clarets for details. So we should be looking to win that one. Obviously, against a Conference South team, uh, we should be well the heavy favourites for that and if we go through we'll have a home tie in the third round against Category 1 Fulham nice yeah Monday night when people listen to this I guess so tonight or whenever. sorry yeah Monday, Monday night Monday the 23rd of November at 7pm <laughs> thank you Jay um, yeah good luck to the under 18s um, really good stuff um, that's it guys thank you Craig thank you Joe I want to give Joe the final word because I'm pretty certain I know what it's going to be so Craig anything before you disappear no, no, I'll just, I'll just preempt Joe with a, a nine-point week coming. So, yeah, Joe, go for it. I, I don't know why Rich is celebrating, because there's a hundred things he could have done better in today's pod. <laughs> <laughs> TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.